0: Hey everyone, on behalf of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast and myself, I want to wish you a very happy holidays, a very Merry Christmas, safe travels, and a Happy New Year. Got a lot of great things in store this upcoming year for the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast, so just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Thanks again.
1: Ooh,
0: this should be hitting different. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Griztronics by Grizz and Subtronics, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Leslie Tamayo. Leslie is from Tucson, Arizona, where she fell in love with the sport of wrestling. She has climbed up the ranks as an official and is now one of the more well-respected refs in the sport. She actually just received her Category 1, which is the second highest ranking official and one step away from being eligible to ref at the Olympic Games. So big congratulations to her. She's refed at some of the biggest tournaments, including the U.S. Open and Junior World Championships. I caught up with Leslie at the UWW World Cup and did this interview there, so you might hear a little background noise. But otherwise, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Leslie Tamayo. Where are you
1: from?
2: Leslie oh. Tamayo. Leslie Lin Tamayo. See. Si. So see. Si. Si, si. <laughs> That's your middle name is Lynn. Yes. Leslie Lynn. Yes. Mm-hmm. I named after my grandmother. Grandmother? My grandmother, yes. No. Do I mean Lynn? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're from <laughs> Um I'm born and raised out of Tucson Arizona. Yeah. My parents are from Mexico. Yeah. So um uh, my mom's from Sonora, Magdalena, my dad's from Sonora Nogales. So I'm first generation American uh yeah, Spanish was my first language and in, uh, in uh, Arizona basically Mexico. <laughs> so uh I, yeah, I I was I was born and raised in Tucson the last The other two years I was growing up and living up in Phoenix, but, uh, yeah, I started wrestling at mid middle school. Um, yeah, I, I was eighth grade year. I went to a dual meet. I was supposed to go to basketball practice. So, um, I was in a new school um my previous school I was just one singular classroom they didn't have any sports so when I went in eighth grade to a different school I wasn't used to going to all these classes I didn't know all these sports existed so I was trying to try every sport I hated basketball I hated volleyball I was a competitive swimmer I decided I guess I don't do sports with balls I like softball soccer was okay but I always kind of struggled in finding my sport and then I was supposed to go to basketball practice and then I saw like a dual me I heard all these whistles and stuff like that and I was like what is this for I'm like what this looks so cool and I saw a girl wrestling she was getting beat but she was getting cradled I'm like what's that I was asking all these questions while my friends they were like too busy looking at the boys and I'm like I'm looking trying to figure out how how are they moving like that so I went in I tried to join um I would go into practice sometimes, but I didn't sign my papers and I didn't want to tell my mom at the time. Uh, So I would just keep on like start researching about it. And I was just trying to figure it out. And I kind of knew about wrestling because when I was little, I would like, I read a lot. I was, Oh, I started reading at a very early age and I'd always like look up the Greeks and the Romans, the Egyptians. And I'm like, wrestling, you mean like the Greeks and the Romans? Oh, I want to do that. That is so cool. So uh, I then I finished off middle school and then I went into high school I was gonna go and be a swimmer again but I was like I don't want to be a swimmer I was just just doing it because my mom told me to or my sister's doing it so I should do it too but and um yeah my dad signed my papers behind my mom's back and he's like just give it a week see if you like it or not and then, uh here I am now but things, I uh, Yeah, it was hard first. It was hard. I remember um, having a lot of growing pains. I actually remember one of my first legitimate practices. I got a concussion and someone threw me and then two weeks later I was back. I'm like, OK, let's go. Let's go. I'm I'm fine. Um, but I always I was the only girl on my team. I, I had a lot of pride with that. Yeah. You know, it's just like other girls would try joining and they would quit or they'll get kicked off, but I, I really stayed with it. Mm-hmm. I was just even though the practices it really pushed me and I I really needed that. I, you know, I was kind of like the kid that didn't behave well in school. So like wrestling really set me straight in a lot of ways. And um started I would just train and train I'd find every excuse to train I would train with the Sunnyside team so yeah I would train with Sunnyside sometimes during the the spring and the summer just because like I wanted just not I didn't want wrestling season to end yeah I didn't want practice to end and I just had so much fun training and pushing my body and on the weekends I will find like run long distances just to make sure my stamina was good and my weight was good um yeah. I just fell in love with the sport. You know, I, you know, when you find a true love people like, you know, associate that with a person, but no, my true love and my first love has always been wrestling. Wow. <laughs> I, I just loved it so much. So um, I didn't get to be all American, like the way I really hoped for, you know, um, I really tried and I trained, but you know, the confidence wasn't there as a young girl, do you know what I mean? but I did, I got offers to wrestle in, in in college, but there wasn't very many at the time when I was wrestling, um, you know, being in Arizona, West coast, this near school was Menlo. And that was a business college. I'm like, I don't want to do business mm-hmm. or Wayland in Texas. I'm like, I don't want to be in a school in the middle of nowhere, no offense. But <laughs> I mean, Wayland was pretty good back yeah. then, but I was just, I want to have a good college. I wrestled for Missouri back this and, um, it was just hard for me to be away from home right. that far away, that young, most kids can do it, but I just wasn't one of those kids yeah. yet. Um, so I wrestled for a little bit. It was like, oh, I do I want to continue this. And part of like, okay, I'll just stay here and uh I'll start refing. So um I started refing when I was 15 years old. Oh, really? at the yeah. So we would help out the local tournament. Yeah, uh, you know, I wasn't all American status where you know you got your way paid to Fargo. I um worked hard and helped my parents my because I didn't like asking my mom and dad for money. Like um, my mom would make tamales just so we could have Christmas presents. And my dad worked long, long hours. I always admired his work ethic, but I just didn't like asking my parents for money. So I was just like, I'm going to earn it myself. So we, I started reffing and, it, you know, reffing as a little kid, it's hard sometimes, you know, having grown people yell at you. And naturally, I'm pretty sensitive and kind of shy. So there were times where I would just go in the bathroom. I was just like, oh, oh, I'm yeah. Kind of anxious too. I would just like hyperventilate and, you know, I would cry sometimes, but you know, it's just like, it took some time to grow out of that. You know what I mean? And, um, but for whatever reason, I liked it. <laughs> for whatever reason I liked reffing. I was just like, uh, a part of me is just really strives for excellence and I really tried and, um, uh, it took a lot to get over those fears of mm-hmm. being on the Mac. i it may not seem like it but sounds like you know kind of camera shy you know spotlight shy mm-hmm. in the beginning but uh i i came back from college and i'm like i still want to stay in the sport. i tried coaching and i get a lot of offers to coach and i really wish i could coach but and props to people that could do both mm-hmm. i can't do that I, it's hard for me mm-hmm. um but there's a special place in heaven for people that could do well. It's for me, it's hard because I, I would see something and how am I supposed to still respect my colleague when I advocate for my athlete? That's hard for me sometimes, because especially if I'm going to see my colleague next week and be like, so how about that call, man? How about that call?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, I, I started rapping, Um and uh, I would do all the local tournaments. I uh, help out. I, I, My mentor, uh, Jim Toyota, he got me started in freestyle and folk style, really encouraged me. I did my first regional and uh, I went from there and I started folk style. I I started repping folk style, I don't remember, I think eight years ago for high school. And um, I was repping for a bit. And then I, I was just telling my mentor, what's the next level? And it's like, okay, well, you're doing really good right now. You're actually on good track to be a, the first female to referee the Arizona State tournament. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I had a lot of, I had to make a lot of personal sacrifices to make that happen, and um, I really try to dig deep. Um, there's a lot of training and work that goes outside of fishing and being in the mat. You know, I'd watch film of myself, or you watch watching film of yourself. So I, I, it's like wrestling you know like there's a lot of extra work that goes outside of trying to build yourself and make yourself so i would read i actually have copies of my rule books on my phone of like everything the signals uh, philosophy um so i i try to read a lot i watch a lot of video saw so i don't even watch movies or TV shows i just watch dual meets there's a lot of work that goes outside of initiating you know you have to be very calm coachable and receptive to feedback so there's some people that can't take feedback right. but i've really tried to be coachable and take everything in as best i can so uh yeah he said as i was on track to be the first email and i didn't think it was possible but when i saw that email and i got it i cried man i was crying people always say you're overdue for a state championship but um yeah it was a good experience that was 2020 my first state really? championship i've done nervous I was a little nervous. The I felt like a lot of eyes were on me, and they were, and I was trying not to notice it. But I did well, and I came back two more times. I've done three state championships in Arizona. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was a good time. And But now I'm at the stage of my life where I kind of stopped doing high school since I moved to Iowa, and I'll get into that here in a bit. But, yeah, I kind of want to focus on college, men and women's college yes. i'm like okay well, what's the next step do i need to do 10 more state championships mm-hmm. i'm in my book no i just I'm like i'm always wondering what's that next step what's that next level how do i keep on getting better so mm-hmm. that's where i keep on going and thinking about it um so why i moved to iowa right yeah so i Um, During 2020, I found myself a lot in the Midwest. I would go to Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota. I tried to get every tournament I can under my belt because... Without question. I'm just like, I don't want to miss out on the season. I don't care if there's a pandemic. I want to keep on getting better. I still, and like, it was easy to travel at that time, you know, like I would be on a flight and my whole role would be free. And I was living in Phoenix at the time. Um, I moved out of the house. Um, I lost my job and then got a job in Phoenix, but I was living out of Airbnb. So my family didn't get sick because uh, I was treating Covid patients like hands-on but you know i i'm also that type of person i don't want my life revolving around work you know people just go to work and come home and like i don't that's not the life for me yeah. like i you know i live i do my job i do it well but my whole life is not around my job it's around what i want to do and what makes me happy and wrestling gives me happiness so i was um Yeah, I got a hold of every tournament that I could. I didn't care what it was, but I found myself in Iowa a lot. Mm -hmm. I came here for the Captain's Cup, preseason nationals, postseason nationals. I just and I just decided, why not Iowa? You know, it's a mecca for wrestling and there's huge programs coming out for women's wrestling. And now I started some men's college in Arizona. I was just like, oh. It was good to get my feet wet, and too good to get started. And actually, had very good support in Arizona. I felt very treated, very equally. Um, they were like my family over there. Um, they were like they watched me grow up, and in time, they were like you know my crazy uncles or like you know. But. They were like my family, but I feel like no matter where I go, wherever it's being Iowa, I will always have that wrestling family there. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So um, oops, I was like, oh, my train, So I moved to Iowa, and it's opened up a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. I um, there was a week where I would just. Go straight. I did a week straight of like men, women, men, women, men, women, and I was just you know most people they have a hard time keeping track of college and freestyle rules, being able to decipher it. But for me, I just you know I will write down off the top of my head the key differences. I I don't know how I do it, but I just do it. But most referees will stick to one or the other. Like I'm just going to say folk style heavy or i'm gonna stay freestyle heavy mm-hmm. i could i know very few referees off the top of my head that can do both styles pretty well mm-hmm. and um i want to be one of them and mm-hmm. so i've had to kind of give up high school just so like i could keep my um attention focus because there are key differences in college versus high school yeah and you know there's there's always still passion in wrestling but there was there's just no more drive in high school for me so i'm just like okay i need to free up my time and my intentions and um this season i knew it was gonna be a little bit hard because it's just you know establishing some roots and getting my name out there yeah. and letting people know i exist here and i'm uh uh just trying to lose I'm trying not to lose my train of thought. <laughs> I get excited sometimes. Yeah. Um
0: was that hard to not get lost in the shuffle to get your name out there?
2: Um, some people knew me out here already really? and I was telling people I'm gonna move to Iowa for a while now. And people I don't I'm not all talk. I would um I like to say things and mean it, yeah. but it was kind of like a little bit of planning on my part to yes. get to here, you know, from 2020 to here, two years of like thinking about it and planning it and making yes. sure that everything was going to be set in stone. So it was kind of a big challenge when I moved here, you know, I got done with Fargo and then um, there was a period of a time where I was just like, okay, I got to pack my bags and leave because <laughs> I had, my world championships mm. i got assigned world championships my first world this year so i um, was very happy about it so i'm applying for my youth international one so there's a ranking system uh, that goes into officiating um to let you know what levels that you're at where you can yeah. do and i'll touch base on that here in a little bit right. so you get a deal on like the ranking system here yeah um like oh, it
1: was uh, was I was my
2: train of thought.
0: What saying? <laughs> well, I just asked if you kind of got lost in the shuffle. When you yeah, got here lost in the like, shuffle. Like you kind of had some connections, so when you moved here, you didn't, you yeah. know, have to like start from scratch, basically. The
2: the high school assigning system was different for me. I'm used so used. We'll have like an assigning system, and they just show up assignments, and they're there. But in Iowa high school, it's like an email. It's like who wants this, and then you got to reply if you want it, if you can get it or not, or a lot of these older guys they're um they've been here for a while so like the tournaments that they've been doing they've been doing for a while so it's already in their queue Mm -hmm. so i had it i'm just i was like okay well maybe this isn't for me anymore maybe it's time to stop the high school or maybe do a few in between just to show support. Yeah. Maybe help out with a lot of the women's matches. I know they need representation and and they need help. And there is a refereeing shortage. So, you know, I kind of want to help contribute to that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. Why do you
0: think that is? Because that is a big topic. You know, I don't want to go into it too much. There was a video circulating last night about the Iron uh, Man. Yes. You know, and things like that, you know. And I feel bad for the raps.
2: Yeah. It's scary, especially with social media nowadays. Right. You know, um, there is even sometimes like like that's my biggest fear on like, you know, I mean, I try not to make it a fear, but you know, they always have your couch referee saying, Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Or you'll get the videos are like, you make the call. You, (laughs) it it, it really, it can be kind of embarrassing sometimes. Or, you know, you're trying to talk to a coach at the table and somebody's recording you. They say like trying to like internet bash you a little bit. So it's hard. And a lot of people don't, want to do with that and I don't blame them sometimes there have been times where I felt like my safety was jeopardized there were, I remember a time when I was in my early 20s I I was I had an overtime match it was like young kids young kids and then next thing I know it the mom was coming after me and I I didn't feel protected by the tournament and I felt like I was getting followed to my car. I felt like I was getting followed to my hotel. So, you know, people feel like their safety is jeopardized sometimes. And, and I, I had an athletic director tell me, he's like, I'm going to walk you to your car. I'm like, why? Because, you know, we athletic directors are told now we have to walk our referees to the car to ensure their safety now after some training. So, you know, you could. We always told, like, you can't have rabbit ears. You can't hear the coaches in the corner. But at the same time, you know, there needs to be a level of respect here. I appreciate someone advocating for the athlete, but you also have to be respectful. I feel like people have a hard time deciphering that. Like, a lot of times I feel like referees can be intelligent. You know, like, we're the bad guy. You know, we made that call and stuff like that. But really, I would think referees are the biggest fans of the sport. You know, I will not be trying to make myself better or you know read the rule book you know we're the biggest fans of the sport because we study the sport we study the intricate rules and you know we critique ourselves and others and so we put ourselves in the position where we are students of the sport we're students we also could be teachers but at the same time, you know, I wish I think all coaches should referee at least once <laughs> in their lifetime. They should to try it once. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, I will be bad at it. Oh, and I'm like, hey, yeah. then you try it once. Yeah, I want to have a coach that knows the rule book. I want to have a coach that at least refereed once so they know what to expect in the corner. So <laughs> hey, coaches try <laughs> refereeing at least once. Have
0: you ever had a coach who has been actually pretty well versed in the rule book?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I, yeah, there's, those are the coaches I, I want to learn from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of coaches out there that are very well versed and, and um, they could bring it to the table or, you know, throw in a challenge or something like that. I, I learned not to get, you know, Hurt about challenges anymore. If anything, the referees turn into a game now because yeah. they're like, oh, I'm three and one today in challenges, <laughs> or I'm one and two, man. Or sometimes we'll make it into a game like, hey, which Matt has met most challenges? So <laughs> if, if anything, I, I don't care. Because yeah. at the end of the day, all of us want to have the most correct call. Right. And if anything, when you, you know, give a, a brick back, what I've been doing lately is like, good challenge, coach, good challenge. Really? Just to show, like, you know, there's no mouse, there's nothing mad around here. We all have good intentions. I want to have it right for the athlete just as much as you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: I can't imagine, you know, when a call goes wrong or the, you know, just as much as the athlete loses sleep i feel like the ref loses sleep too when they go Oh back
2: yeah to the yes um I, well there are instances where you know i'll assess a match and be like oh i should have done this differently or you know i'm, I'm gonna say lose sleep i would say like what am i going to do better next time oh, yeah so I, I like when i start a tournament i'm like okay what are my intentions here do i want to show rule-based knowledge do i want to work on my stalling Do I want to focus on my positioning a little bit here? So I kind of like to go into every tournament, you know, focusing on something. But more importantly, just have fun Mm out there. You know, you're not going to do this for the rest of your life. You know, my friend just retired this year and I, you know, he's it was bittersweet. You know, he had good memories, but sometimes, you know, when it's time, the one that just. Yeah, yeah. he's a good guy. He's a very good guy. Not for me anytime soon. I'm right. going to be doing this when I'm an old lady. I'm going to be yeah. old. I mean, maybe not on the map, probably evaluate her and help out, but I'm going to do this when I'm an old lady. Yeah. I I will probably do this when I have a baby in my belly. Yeah. When I, should, I, am, I will find a way. Yeah. I, there's been a couple of... Actually, there was a woman who refereed the Olympics this past Tokyo. She had a baby in her belly. Really? So, yes, yeah, she had four-man mechanics. The, <laughs> four-man... No, I... I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I know it's, um, you know, having my children mat side someday, but mm-hmm. you know, not, not anytime soon, but this is my life. Yeah. And this is what my life revolves around. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, I just, I'm just taking this all in. Cause mm-hmm. it, the passion, you know, a lot of people I talk to, you know, they're they've been involved in the sport, but mm-hmm. the, the passion that you and some of the other people, like Becca Roper, I talked to, oh, she's great, yeah, Megan Black Campion, you I know, like that. yeah, the emotion that they have and the passion is just it's exciting.
1: Oh yeah, you know, if
0: there's like some exciting people involved in the sport,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so. Um I want to talk about the good things about refing though. Yes. Cuz I feel like, you know, we've been talking about kind of the negatives, but you know, when you guys shake hands with like, you know, the the people afterwards, the athletes, you mm-hmm. know, is that like a unique experience for you when they shake your hands and they say thank you or uh, Jacob Warner is one that does it all the time, He mm-hmm. shakes your rest hands. You know, is that something that happens a lot?
2: Uh, Sometimes I just say, you know, thank you. you." I don't think anything of it. Thank you. I had a good experience. I hope you had a good experience too. I always wonder, like, what's something different that I could bring to the match that, you know, I always try to bring good quality. What's something that they could get that I could give that they haven't got somewhere else? But the best part about being a referee right here is like, you know, you did a good job when no one knows who you are. Like, you know, you though the, the emphasis should be on the athletes. The attention should always be on the athletes. You should never draw attention to you because those athletes, they deserve the right call, but they deserve all the spotlight. They're not there. And that's something that I learned. Just like I was just like, oh, I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to make a mistake. Wait, they're not here to look at me. They're not here to look at me at all. And so. They're here for the athletes, so you gotta be there for the athletes. I'm just the prop. I'm just here to make sure you guys are safe. You you decide who's the winner here. I just intervene when I feel like something that's gonna be jeopardized. How do you bounce back
0: after you make a mistake, or if you feel like you made a mistake? You know, because that just like an athlete, if an athlete makes a mistake, you know, adversity hits. Mm -hmm. Adversity obviously hits a ref. Yeah. So like, how do you handle that? uh,
2: laugh it off. Really? Water off a duck's back. I mean you know, got to bring your a game like when you're going to the u.s open or the world team trials but mistakes happen sometimes you're briefly out of position and the action's very dynamic and you might miss like a four two or i those situations can be fixed and that's fine what you don't want to happen is someone having a serious injury so like i'd probably lose sleep if someone got really really hurt and yeah. i was the cause of it and Thankfully it has not happened. Or I don't worry about it. But um no, but that would be a very serious mistake. Or, you know, sorry, like passivity timing, you know, asking for passivity, blowing your whistle, and then someone takes a shot. Like you're like, oh, okay, great. But so you just gotta, okay, I'll work on it next time, or I'll make sure it doesn't happen, or just brush it off. Brush it off. Mistakes happen. for are Isn't that easy though? Like I feel like yeah. I, I feel like this was
0: something that you practice.
2: it it's taking time it's called yeah. maturing and growing up you can't let things bother you you can't hold on to things or else you're going to have to carry that energy with you throughout the tournament mm-hmm. so it's best to let it go and let things slow <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: that's i guess the reason i keep going back to it is because the athletes you know like you were saying the athletes are out there you don't want to get involved but sometimes you feel like you do unfortunately have to get involved. Mm-hmm. Not not on purpose, but action happens or whatever. And you like you have to call stalling, you have to call passivity and like or potentially dangerous when people don't want to call. Yeah. That's like
2: You're like, sorry, this is the rule. This is how it happens. Yeah. This is I'm not here to make yeah, I'm here to just make the call and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a textbook. Like, Mike. You want it done correctly? I'm gonna do it correctly. I'm sorry if you don't like it. I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to make it right. <laughs> not here. <to laughs> and if you want to talk up. about it after, go ahead. That'd be tough because I like to be liked. Hi. I'm, lear- I'm learning to get
1: better at that. But,
0: <laughs> um, that's cute. Looking out there. Oh,
2: appreciations. <laughs> um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing on his part, tear defense. <laughs> oh, pretty good. <laughs> oh my baby fever is going great yeah. right now <laughs> um
0: so do you do anything to stay in shape for wrestling and Oh, yeah. Wrestling?
2: oh yeah. yeah they like it when uww likes it when you look the part so um when video reviews started being a thing i started noticing referees starting getting smaller uww likes the referees to look the part. So yes, I do stay in shape. Um, I was doing jujitsu for a bit. I actually, occasionally, I wrestle every now and then when I can. Um, I was a competitive Olympic weightlifter for a bit. So they like that I look fit and strong. So um, I make sure I try to eat clean. If I eat dessert, if I'm going to have good quality dessert. Right. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been running. I weightlift. I was an athlete my whole life. I can't imagine not having any physical activity, but I do like to look the part. I do like to be in shape. And wrestling has given me the gift of health awareness. I'm being a healthcare worker. You know, I see things that, could have been prevented as far as like diet um productive aging just taking care of yourself yeah. so like i really try to have a focus on wellness and all that but yes those i that's what i like to do when i'm not i like to wrestle i like to do jujitsu, and i like to lift nice. jiu-jitsu yeah I, I i did see that you
0: did some of it at, yeah. at one point um When you said you wrestled, that probably really helps with actually being a ref and being a good ref is actually doing the sport.
2: Yes. Uh, Yeah. um, For me, when I started wrestling again, it's like, okay, kind of worked on the mat awareness that – since I started, you know, I, it kind of makes me a little bit more patient as a referee when someone I see someone developing a lock or developing a hold on the leg. So I'm like, okay, this person, it's going to take a little time. Let's see progress. So there's always like this myth of a rule that's like, okay, 15 seconds, I'm far But it, there's no such rule that says that. It is you stop when there's no progression. So if I see someone's progressing and I see their hands moving and that it makes me a little bit more patient when I'm seeing a turn. Cause I rather see turns. You're right. I want to see more turns, more scores, less passion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so does the fan. Oh, yeah, so, like you said, you're a fan of the sport. So yeah. do you ever get,
0: have you ever gotten like giddy out there being a ref? Like, has anyone, have you repped anybody that you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm refing this person. Like,
2: um, <laughs> I think in the beginning, but not so much anymore. Yeah, I just see this. red and blue. Yeah. I just see red and blue. Um, I don't know, but these are people at the end of the day. I don't yeah. really put anyone in a pedal store or anything. But uh, yeah. I, I don't fangirl don't over fangirl? any I don't fangirl. Yeah. There's only three people I might, but for the most part I don't fangirl. Sure, yeah. It's super it professional, yeah. just keep it calm, cool. Yeah. Red and blue. You decide. Um Oh, okay. So,
0: just now, we were watching um, uh, Mongolia and USA and uh, Jenna Burkert. What, mm-hmm. what happened at the end of that match? So, do you remember what happened? It was like 6-4, mm-hmm. and USA challenged,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they'd lost the challenge, but the score changed to 6-6, six, six, but since they lost the challenge... Mongolia got a point mm-hmm. and it ended up, she ended up losing
2: 76. Uh, well, I don't know if you remember. My- yeah, I was scorekeeper there. <laughs> I was a scorekeeper. Um, so as as a scorekeeper there, I was waiting for the chairman to be like, the points are up. The points are up. Um, so they were, I don't really know what happened per se. Yeah. Um, I think the two just needed to go up. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So the two what, was there. I just needed to go up. Gotcha. So it was six six. I think they were just trying to challenge the, and maybe they were trying to see two two. I really don't know. Okay. I, but it was six six because the score showed six four and then it became six six. Oh, no. It was already six six. Those points were already there. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what the confusion kind of was.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, the points were already there. I don't really know what happened. Okay. Just there.
0: Okay, so that's okay. That makes sense because mm-hmm. then they lost the challenge. Yeah. The challenge. And-
2: I mean, but the criteria would have been like, you know, I think the other half actually had criteria because was- she had three twos and Jenna had two, one, one, two, two. So what it goes based on for criteria is highest value of holds. Least amount of cautions, last person four. Okay, so that athlete already had highest value yeah. of polls. So she already had the criteria there. Yeah. I don't really know what happened. Maybe they were looking for another two for her. Yeah. Okay. But um yeah, she it was a good match. Yeah. It was a
0: very good match. My favorite one so far was Ukraine. Um I think it was it was yesterday. Is Ukraine? Are they wrestling China or Mongolia.
1: And it was like 12, 10
0: was all over the place. It was like some high intensity. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, yes. I think you might have been on that. No,
2: yeah, I was on that A for yeah. majority of the tournament.
0: The women have been probably, I feel like, the more fun show so far.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Women are always the show. Well, they get after
1: it. Yeah, they, they get do. after it.
2: Uh, yeah. Wrestling's come a long way since I like was first starting wrestling. Yeah. Like, now I feel like... Women's wrestling is like a hybrid version of Greco. You know what I think? Yeah. It's like Greco, doodle. You know, you grab your legs, but, you know, you always have a kickover for a core. Yeah. You know, even just like women and men wrestle different. Yeah. You know, my coach said women wrestle like in a circle. You know, we got heavy hips. Our hips are in the shape of a heart. A big heart. So we, because we, you know, make Right. So We have our choice or not. So we kind of find the circles. Men, their parts are smaller because they don't need to give baby. So they fight directly in, directly in their strength, their speed. I mean, their strength is speed in women's wrestling, but I see more women fighting on their feet, and men fight more in part two on their knees, like those scramble situations. You kind of catch my drift. Yeah. yeah. So you'll see the crazy scramble situations mm-hmm. in the men from parts. Like you'll say bros. But I see a lot of dynamic and a lot of the challenges happen when the men are
0: like down here. Hmm. Interesting. The other thing I I noticed was a lot more leg laces than women's yeah. than men. You know why? Like oh, um, I never like it's gut wrenches for men. That's it. Like I can see it. But for women, I do see a lot like Sarah Hildebrand is known for her leg lace Basically. Like, oh
2: yeah. You
1: know? So know if there was like a correlation right <laughs> i just see if you see an opportunity to turn take it <laughs> yeah pretty much
0: um we were talking before we started recording you know about like being white paddle you kind of mentioned that earlier like white paddle is when the judge on the side says nope like mm-hmm. i'm not going to confirm the call basically
2: Or you just like i know i don't agree because the judge has the right to formulate their opinion because they're part of the match just as much as the referee is so Mm -hmm. we always told the judge is a referee without the whistle Mm -hmm. so um it's just it's not what the referee puts up it's what the team agrees to so you have to have a team mindset so you when the referee is in the middle Mm -hmm. a very good referee will use their judging chair so if you like a good referee will make eye contact with the referee like okay you're looking at red. I am too. Mm-hmm. You, know, like, you can look at the hand. Some people are sneaky with their hands. You'll see people put the blue hand right here and you're like, I'm looking at blue or you see, or they'll reach for the blue paddle. Like I'm looking at blue for passivity. So you have to, it's a team effort. It's what you see that goes down when people white paddles, cause they're not using their team member. You have to be aware of your clock aware of like where the athletes are, you know, the clock could be your enemy as we mm-hmm. could see some of these instances here. For example, like passivity, Um, we're always told, so I think America has the best education system as far as officiating. So we're always, we put a lot of emphasis in our officials education programs and, um, and you know, um, learning to grow the sport. America has a lot of good referees. So what we're taught for passivity is to go into a match thinking it's zero, zero. Because the period must never end in zero, in um, zero zero, or you know one of those instances. Mm -hmm. But you may never ever end a match one and one, because then it looks like the referee decided the match. So you have to time your passivity as well. So ideally you want to have three passivities in the first period in the instance of a zero, zero match. And you, that's where you have to time it well. And, um, and the, yeah, all this is going through your mind. Yes. This is a lot what you have to have in your mind. So ideally you want to make your first passivity call from, you know, 40 to 50 seconds in give the athletes some time to feel each other out and you'll sell your call. You got to be a salesman for your call. Like blue action, blue the vibe. So, you have this uh, that means divide. That's what you hear in international. A lot. You don't hear it so much in America. It's Russian for move along, move on, move on. Oh. So, you'll hear that a lot internationally. Um, so, you try to sell it, you try to create some pressure. And when they don't respond to the pressure, don't respond to the opportunity to score um you call for passive and that always has to be confirmed by the chair so the chair always confirms passivity caution and false so um then you have to time it again So when the referee is looking for passivity, they're looking uh, for the most active wrestler. So who's being more active? Who's holding center? Okay, all right, cool, you're holding center. But what are you actually doing? Are you holding wrists? Are you setting up a tie? Are you getting a hole? So what you got to look is for hooks. So like under hooks, over hooks, scoring happens with hooks, Mm -hmm. leg hooks and you know, so that's what an active wrestler looks like. A passive wrestler is blocking, avoiding, avoiding contact a little bit, you know, there. So you got to reward the most active wrestler there. So then you put people in activity time. And I like these new rules that they implemented for the past two years. There's always been one year or two years. I don't know. But, um, you know, they'll get the extra points, you know, when they get a two or something like that within those 30 seconds. So that is a real game changer there. So, yeah, you got to really time your passivity as well. And I feel like that's one of my strengths, to be honest. Passivity. Yes. Good referees know their passivity, know how to make their out of balance calls, and know how to work together as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to work with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just get your passivities down three. There was some instances where I felt like, you know, it was one and one, and there's one minute left of the match. And I'm like, okay, this is good. Ideally, you want to make that last passivity call if you have to at, like, you know, 120, 110. That way, you know, it gives the other athletes some time to, you know, fight for that call, you Mm -hmm. know, fight for that point. You know, they have to decide the winner. But if you have to make me decide the winner, I guess I'm going to have to just plan it out, plan it out well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... You know, it's said all the time, don't let the referee decide the match. Yes, you know?
2: yes. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I got to yeah. do my job and yeah. you got to do your job. But yes, ideally you want to have three passivities in the first period mm-hmm. and two in the second if you have to. Mm-hmm. And you have to time that well. And it sometimes things go out of sync. You try to ask for a passivity, and next thing you know, it someone takes a shot. And, and you that, want to, yeah, that and, takes them
0: off passivity. That no,
2: I mean it can potentially give them a chance to score off of it. But if they don't score, then you got to stop in. And you give them passivity,
0: even though they just took no, a shot. no, no,
2: not if they oh, just took a shot. Okay, not okay. If they took a shot and I cost a passivity, I want them to finish that because I'd rather have that too. So you don't want to stop that. That's another thing you can't do either. So you ask for passivity. Someone takes a shot give them an opportunity to finish Mm -hmm. and if they get two okay passivity goes away i want to see a two or whatever it is that you're going to make
0: wow yeah and so it's passivity and and then so activity clock is 30 seconds yes and it's like sometimes wrestlers will just not even they, they kind of ignore the passivity i feel Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like they will take that one point. They'll be like, "All oh, right, oh, fine, yeah. I'll take that point." Not so they don't ignore, but they're like, "You know what? I'm gonna just." So, like, how do you, how does that influence you as a ref when you're like, "Well, I just called you for passivity. You didn't really still do anything. Can you double up passivity on another on the same athlete?" If there's, you can.
2: Yeah, that? you can. I saw a match where the same wrestler was called three times in a row. How many can you get before you disqualify There's no disqualification. It's not like stalling. Oh. Not stalling. <laughs> what is the difference
0: then between passivity and stalling? Uh,
2: passivity is lack of scoring. Stalling is avoiding contact or avoiding scoring or preventing scoring. Okay. It's similar but different. Okay. They're like long distance cousins. Okay. Right? <laughs> or third cousins. Right? Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> so say that again. So stalling is avoiding scoring. Yes, so avoiding scoring. And, and passivity
2: avoid. is avoiding contact. And no, it, passivity is lack of scoring. Lack of scoring. Lack of scoring. Lack of scoring. Okay. And I think I would use passivity merely as a tool. It's not a, I don't, I try to take the penalty out of it. It's a tool. It's like, okay, sometimes I've seen wrestlers on activity and then they score four points off the bat. So passivity adds to it, it adds that stress. It adds some tension. It adds, all right, pick it up. I know you can do it. Come on.
0: And stalling is more so than like, uh, a- I, I, that makes, I'm trying to articulate it, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Passivity is just kind of like a, a way to get them going a little bit.
2: Passivity yeah. is a tool. Re- Freeze right. is very reward based. Right. You know, it's like Santa Claus here's a gift. You get two, you get four. And I feel the way I describe folks so is penalty based. You're like policemen. Sometimes I feel like, you know, what could this athlete do that I could, what can my opponent do that I could benefit from? You mm. know what I mean? You know, yeah. they lock hands. Okay, I got a point. Right, they got stall, right, right, they're stalling again. Or, yeah. you know, the folk style is very penalty based. You know, they, they got their own penalty chart, mm-hmm. they have a separate stalling chart. You know, pet, folk style, like the book is like, I don't know, I read all the little books and I feel like the freestyle is a little bit easier to understand. Folk style really is kind of cut and dry, cut and dry, concrete, so black and white. That's this or that. That's funny you say that because I feel like spectating wise it's
0: hard to comprehend sometimes what's being what's you know called mm-hmm. the twos the fours like why is that two and two and yeah. but freestyle I and mean, maybe it's just because we like grow up with it like for folk style I should say we grew up with it we know kind of what's going yeah
2: with. But yeah. like
0: watching freestyle can be really confusing oh, are you yeah. saying it's simpler and well, once you like kind of get it down it's yeah. like
2: it's simpler you're like okay so this and that, reward, reward, like, you know, I, folk could be hard sometimes, especially when you go into overtime, you're one-on-one, one. like, okay. <laughs> sometimes I wish folk style had criteria, but, you yeah. know, that's a different animal. That's a different topic for another day. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I, I have an appreciation for folk style to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the first style that I really learned to officiate well. I mean, freestyle was the first style I learned to referee. Mm-hmm. But folk style was the uh, style I learned to do really, really well. Mm-hmm. So I'm now, now I'm at the term like, okay, where do I focus on? Do I want to focus on folk style or do you want to focus on freestyle? And I feel like eventually, probably down the line, I have to pick one. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe eight years from now. Yeah but not anytime soon. Yeah. I like doing both. Really? I love doing both. Yeah. I just like, if I get stuck doing the same style all the time. Like, okay, let's try to change
0: it up. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I would, I could tell, or I, I would think that that would get kind of stagnant.
1: Doing I mean,
2: some people like that. I know some season officials are yeah. happy doing folk style year round. That's cool. Good for them. I'm like, I, I, I need something. Like that right
1: yeah.
0: yeah. And you know, freestyle, you can travel some pretty sweet places. Oh yeah.
2: I've, Got I've had the opportunity to travel uh, to two places this year. So um, I was blessed with the opportunity to be part of the women's development program. And I'll touch base oh. on what that is. So um, the um, United World Wrestling is really putting an emphasis on growing women officials. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw that at the World Cup this year with the, the female officials. You, you shared that post. Yeah, interview. I saw that. I'm happy for another whistle, sister. You know, I saw the NFL. And another, I I invented that term. I need a copyright that I I started that term. Whistle, whistle sisters, sisters. yes. Yeah. And then I started all my other girlfriends were referees. They started using that term too. Yeah, I'm like I started that. Yeah, but yeah, um, I got to meet whistle sisters all over where I so the women's development program, um. All three of the women, four of us women, were selected from America to go to this. And I got to meet women from Italy. Um, I got to meet the first woman who refereed the Olympics from Italy. Um, um, women from Morocco, Europe, Asia, Latin America. It was a really beautiful opportunity. So United World Wrestling's focus on bringing up women because at this 2024 Olympics, half the staff have to be women. They have to be women because right. the United World Wrestling. They're like you know, there's an emphasis on having equality, and I think that's really good. That's awesome. And then um, and twenty, then there there's an emphasis for that for the Los Angeles Olympics as well. So it's a way for them to keep wrestling. After you know the uh, when twenty when they were trying to take wrestling out of the Olympics and they had to go through a whole makeover. Get rid of fila go to united world wrestling so united world wrestling really revamped how they're doing everything and they're really trying to push great quality and i was i'm blessed to be one of the women selected for this and um i wasn't expecting it this year but i was i was supposed to go to spain and apply for my international one but then i got a call and i'm like hey you guys selected for junior worlds so i'm like what really junior worlds in sofia bulgaria so earlier this year I was in Thalia, Turkey for that. Uh we got to stay at a nice five-star resort right by the, the sea. It was beautiful. And in the first two days we had a class. We got to learn from Antonio Sarvesti, Edith, Evil, very high-ranking officials who refereed the Olympics for two days. And they gave us a uniform, um, team building activities. Um on mat activities and then the last two days we worked the tournament and then based on our performance from that tournament we were selected for world so uh, one of the ladies she was selected for seniors another lady was selected for u23s i was selected for junior worlds and another lady here my friend she was selected for the world so well, that's great I'm great to see all these women moving up. You referee junior roles? I referee junior roles. Wow. I, I'm very blessed and when I'm an international, too. So going back on that ranking system yep. I explained yep. earlier. So going back to where I think America has the best refereeing education system in line. So um, other countries don't do this but we do this. So you start off with four categories. Your M3, your M2, M1C, M1. M1 M3 is like you're green, you're new, you're getting your feet wet, you're trying out. So you're new. So this is where you're got to work a lot as judge and whistle. So that you got to go to their programs, you got to go to your regionals. So this is where you're starting off. Two is like okay, you got some experience now, so let's let's see you. Let's challenge you. Let's work with you. M1C. So remember when I talked about the chair earlier? Yeah. This is the position where you're learning to be a chair. You gotta be a good chairman, and work as a good team. M1 is where you're the highest ranking, and domestically, and this is where you're qualified to do like the U.S. Open, the World Team Trials, like all that fun stuff. Um those higher terms. So you should be capable of knowing the rules, the mechanics, working as a team member. So that's M1. So if you're under the age of 40 and M1, then you could apply to your international license. So going back again, now you got your three, your two, your one, one S3 is just, you know, starting off, some people could be at three for a while. And then you okay, and then you apply. You go to a tournament based you on your performance. Oh, it's now. <laughs> you go, and then you become a international too. So it's got some experience under your belt. Got to travel, and then you got to get your one.
0: I must have heard you.
2: Yeah, no, right. <laughs> then this is where you apply for your international one. So it's when you could do worlds and tournaments like that, you Youth Olympic Games, and then you have your ones. This is what you got to do when for Olympic category. This is the Olympic category and um, uh, obviously everyone wants to get to that point. And that takes years. That takes effort. That takes a lot. And all these categories right here that I mentioned, um, let's say you have a bad tournament, you could get downgraded. Really? You can get downgraded. Yeah. I mean, you could get downgraded too and uh, domestically as well, but you know, you you gotta be your A game. You gotta show that you're trying when you're one S for these let's say like you're a world they'll probably put you in the chair a lot and that's where you have to have a lot of responsibility a lot of knowledge you've got to have make sure you work well with your team things like that so it's a little bit of pressure but you also kind of do your part to get better yeah yeah you said that when you were coming up you you kind of get judged oh yeah you get it anyway yeah who does that um there's always you know um uh, the gentleman over here at the president will be like, okay, you do. everyone is assigned a number. I don't know if you see the numbers on the referee side right here. Yeah, uh, okay, so next time look for the number. So you have a number and uh, you'll probably get a little evaluation if you're good for upgrade. Every tournament now since pandemic can be an upgrade or a downgrade tournament. Every tournament, it could be like Bill Farrell or the Dave Schultz. A small international tournament. It could be downgraded, upgraded. Wow! So everybody's always watching. There's always somebody always watching. Yeah. The man- mindset yeah. you kind of have to know. Yeah. Oh, is that kind of intimidating? <laughs> have you gotten used to it? Really I got used to yeah. it. I, I, but you do want. I do want to perform. But just have fun, and you yeah. perform. Yeah. Yeah. Is it fun? I love. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yes. Even just working the tables today. Like this is fun for me. Yeah. And I learn a lot just by watching. Like even me just watching tool meets at home or like, I'm always learning. I'm always watching. I'm always, I'm a very kinetic observant learner. So just watching these, I'll be like, oh, that was a good call. Or some, sadly things show on my face when I'm like, oh, I'm like, why, why, why? I'm like, and then I'll be like, good call. Good call. Oh yeah. Nice. I'll take note of that. I'm always taking notes, mental notes, what's going on. Or I have a diary too. I'm always have a diary. I always write down how I feel after a tournament or I always critique myself. You know, I'm like, I should have done this. I like, but I got to give myself more grace to tell what did I do? Right. What was fun about this? What did I enjoy about this? What did I do? Right. But also I'll be like, okay, no, try not to overly critique myself and be negative. Yeah, you got to give yourself praise too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is it, it can be tough out there for a ref. It can be, but I love the challenge. Yeah, That's what I'm about. I love yeah. the challenge here. Yesterday, um, a, yeah. a
0: ref gave like a, a warning or like, I don't know, my dad was, saw it. I was, I think, typing or something, but he pulled out like a card mm-hmm. and like carded one of the coaches. Yeah. What's that about?
2: Okay. So you know, like, it's like soccer, you know, you got your yellow card and your red card. Yellow is just like, you know, a warning, all right? warning it's just to delegate behavior it's like bench decorum and like coach style you like there's a certain like behaviors that they really look at the coach to adhere to you know respect and good sportsmanship and if someone you know doesn't meet that rule you got to be the enforcer and just be like hey warning you don't want to get a red card at this level yeah coaching that's like a big fine. You get a big fine to the really? country if you have a red card. Yeah, it's like a 10K oh. fine to the country. So they're not going to be happy with that mm-hmm. if you get a fine like that. Yeah. So it kind of enforces people to be on their best behavior. Probably did folks All right. Give me $50,000 for this red card. But you're out of line. Yeah. No. Up.
0: Uh, how do you... I'm just going back to where we said that there's so much that goes on in your mind while you're repping. Like, how do you stay, like, focus on the task at hand when there's so much going
1: on?
2: Turn off your rabbit ears. Turn off your rabbit ears. I was like, some. sometimes I'm just like, I sing a song in my head. I know it's weird. I'm like... I was like, hmm. we or like I talk in my head I'm like okay red's got a hole has got a ding red's moving this way blue is blocking you know I don't know everything becomes white noise really yeah you can't let the crowd get to you you're not here to make the crowd happy you're here to call the match Turn off everything about you yeah you turn off the environment the environment doesn't exist the athletes in front of you that's the only thing that matters and your team
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so there's a team of three there's you and then there's the, the head judge or what did you call that like the one that is on the right hand side with all that, like that sits over here what did you call them so the chairman, the referee, chairman.
2: judge. Okay, and the chairman is, are they typically like? That's the senior position right that- there. That's the position of respect. So a mechanic, a philosophy, when you see the referee start the match, they will start with the judge. Judge, you ready? And then they end with the chair, respecting the senior official. All right, let's get this done. So with the international sound it's a lot more patience and time before they start making sure your athletes are in the right spot, shake hands. When you start things like that, but so a little bit more pain. Uh coaches need to be sitting before the match starts. No water bottles on the stage. You know, it's all about presence optics. Uh, um, presentation because this is on TV. Yeah, thousands of people are watching us right now in many countries. So everything has to look right down to like the timing and the scoring of the table. Like the last names have to be right. The singlet's gotta be right. Um, a lot of fine details going into this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're well versed in alts.
2: <laughs> oh, doing my best. Always learning. Always learning to get better. <laughs> when when the challenge. Became a thing in officiating or in
0: wrestling. Yes, was that before that against that? Like I can tell that that wouldn't be in the back of your mind, like to make you guys look big. Oh you
2: know? no! Um, I think in the beginning, I think once people started taking advantage of technology and really amplifying that into the rules and finding out a way. Okay, how can we utilize this as a tool to help the wrestling experience? Because I think back in the day. You know, we there would be coaches coming to make a conference and they could only talk to the chairman and then um, they'll bring their team together and they'll talk it out and be like, did you see this? Did you see that? I saw this. I saw that. So just think about how much video would be helpful back then in like the 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, things might have been missed. Things might have been gone wrong or, you know, like, you know. Miscommunication sometimes, yeah. but like you know, it was back then where the chairman really had to talk with the coaches a lot. So, I really think the video review now, I think in the beginning, people were like, Whoa, 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 wait, like mm-hmm. they were trying to figure out how to make this part of the game because yeah. you know, throwing in that block that's part of the game, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like getting an extra point off of that that can really make or break a match, as you know, saw today. You yeah, know? right. Uh, I've seen matches where the coach threw in the brick. And then it totally costs the athlete the challenge. So I don't think many athletes know like they can decline a challenge. Really? The athletes can decline a challenge. If they feel like wow. if a coach you're like, I think that was two. The athlete was like, okay, no, I know it's on a two, and you know, they'll give the brick back. And you know, I've but I've seen it where the the coach's brick has cost the athlete the match. Can the athlete call for the challenge? They can. They can.
1: Okay. They can decline.
2: That's that's interesting. Yeah.
0: And what do you think? You like the button now instead of the brick? I like the button. I like the button. It's
2: cleaner. I think they do that for hygiene purposes for international. Yeah. They are like just press the button. You can wipe off the button. But yeah, I I but I do like the video review like process. I've embraced it. It's part of the game now. I I even think the coaches make it part of their game now. I'm like, okay, I'll eat a point just to make sure my athlete gets a break. I've heard of that too. Perhaps, or there are one points. And
0: sometimes they look over to see if it's confirmed. You know, like,
2: but the reaction's still going. I, I mean, so you, like ideally keep your eyes on the action, put up the points. And when it's confirmed or, just I don't know. You just let it go. You just put up your points. Don't take your eyes off the action. Really? Yeah. Next time. At least just there's referees out there but you got to delegate. Who's the good referee? Who's, you know, been here a little bit longer? Who? And then this is where they're they're focusing on. Okay, where is our best referees? And they could kind of see they could kind of see, "Oh, wait, these wrestlers are coming up. We need to put our team together and for the best possible outcome you know what i mean like if this person's a strong uh referee this person's a strong chair this person will put them in judge until they're part of the action so i don't know i wouldn't i that's a mechanic i used to do i'll look over at the chairman but i stopped doing that me personally i'll just put it up but you kind of I are or using your eyes to look at your team members, see what they're putting up, and that way you can kind of get a better understanding where you are in the match, mm-hmm. because that could affect how the are wrestling. Works. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have a lot of responsibility that I don't think people understand until
0: now. Until now, they, if they listen to this, you know, they'll understand. There's a lot that goes into the team.
2: Oh, there is. There is. Um, there's so much in your mind and and your training is... And- Foremost, your thought but, uh, process that goes into uh, it your lifestyle it's yeah. become a so lifestyle to be yeah. this is my life but i don't want to trade it for. but yeah this is my life
0: yeah mm-hmm. um i guess the last question i had was uh
1: we
2: we were
0: talking earlier about um confirming a call and if your calls are getting unconfirmed you know is that like is that do you want anything to you as a ref? Like you start to get kind of frustrated. Like I thought that was too. Like you're the one that's right there seeing it. Like you're closest to the action, and someone sitting down off the mat. Just,
2: you can't think like that. Perfect. You can't not at all. If you're thinking like that, you're not going to step Like I said, before, this is not what the singular referee does. This is what the team is deciding. If you're a little out of position, then this is dynamic too. the dynamic very advanced good wrestling so there might be and these girls are flexible too you will think this grass too but her hair's all the way over here so it, you can't think like that if that's your thought process about getting it right all this time or like oh i missed this then you're not gonna you're not gonna like the best referees i know i think they're like okay fix make sure it doesn't happen again Use your team members. Okay. They're fixing once. What's your ultimate goal? I'm going to be the best referee possible. And just keep on doing what I love. Just whatever. So I'm a Christian woman and I really have a lot of good faith. So I've just learned to trust the process with blind faith wherever God decides me to go, sport of be top level worlds internationally or NCAA. There's has not been a woman in the NCAA to referee. And I know it's a big pool and it would be a big push, but that's another avenue to explore as well. And, um, Where, uh, I don't know, but as long as I'm doing what I'm doing, doing it with the right intentions and loving my life of wrestling, let Jesus take the wheel. Yeah,
1: that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, but there's no,
0: like, something that you dream about doing, like, you know, I really
2: would like
1: to do these things for the NCAA. Like a.
2: Those are both my dreams. Those are both dreams. Those are both my dreams. But it's up to God to decide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could work hard and trust the process. That's all I can do. What's your level right now? I'm an international too. I applied for my one at Worlds. So hope and pray. Um, God bless. But whatever happens, happens. If I don't get it, I'm going to have to work harder.
0: Mm-hmm. we talked about i guess before we started recording this positioning like you have positions different in freestyle than you do folk style
2: i guess i know i mean it's not really stiff i kind of always like to be at the head or in the middle of the action so like predict where it's going to be like if you see a blast double going this direction you best believe i want to be right when i land yeah. and see if they land on their back or their belly you know and well, freestyle, I want to see if they land feet to back four. Or in folk style, I want to see if they get that takedown and land straight into near fall and start. I got to be start counting here. So, so you always have We're to be in the right position with clear that. confidence and concise so mm-hmm. without hesitation. Yeah. 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 Do you like last last match? I know. No, you're good. Um,
0: so there's a team aspect in freestyle. Um, do you like that the judge and the chairman are sitting at a table instead of like in folk style when you have this secondary ref kind of walking Oh Yeah, and your head
2: assist. Yeah. I mean, both are good. Both, both are, good. are great. Yeah. I, I like team effort. I try to be a good team player. Yeah, I do like it. Because it means we're minimizing human error. Yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you and you really it really works on like communication yeah. or team aspects, you know, it's not putting it all on you. I mean, folks tell sometimes you don't have an assistant referee and you're out there by yourself. But when you're doing like a semis or a finals, it's nice to have that second referee to make sure like things are going well or you know, you're handling the situations well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have have you had people come up to you and like say hi or
2: I'll like, all the time yeah. I'll say hi to me yeah I'm personable. go right. talk to me say hello mm-hmm. I mean not in the middle of the match right. but go and say hello to me I like hugs I'm a hugger yeah. I, I say hello I shoot. I shoot all the time with people like mm-hmm. I love community. I love the community this is my family this is my life this is my love people are part of that and you can be part with me mm-hmm. Do they,
0: <laughs> have you had um anyone kind of look up to you and be like you know, you're the reason I do this or uh, do you understand that maybe you might be a little bit of a trailblazer by doing what you do?
2: Actually, yeah, back home. Actually, it made me cry. Um, There is a coach and he said, I want you to come over to the banquet for the girls. They really look up to you. And, and I was like, oh shoot, I need to make a speech. I made a speech and like right off the bat, I could just start. BSing um uh, but it came out really, really well. And um I was able to give the girl her bell and stuff like that. She's like, oh my gosh, thank you. and it made her she made her profile picture yeah. of me raising her hand with her bell. And like she's like, I think her But yeah, I've had girls come up to me and tell me, you know, like I look up to you or I admire you, or like I or like other referees, they'll they'll get my number from someone and be like, Hey, I have this girl, can you help her out? Like, you know, like, I hear you're a great source. I'm like, yeah, use me. Talk to me. Ask me questions. But yes. I, I. It's hard for me because, like, I just think I'm a regular old person. I'm just a fan. But I'm really blessed that God has really put me in this position of, like, leadership almost. And I it really makes me work hard. You know, I got to make sure I'm behaving, making sure I doing the right things and like, you know, a little bit of pressure there, you know, like I got to be a good girl for the other
0: good girls. (laughs) Do you feel that when you're like kind of sometimes when you're reffing that you are being watched a little more closely by, by your peers and by, you know, Oh yeah, Yeah. all
2: the time, you know, it like, you know, I remember when I was coming up and I was thought like, you know, oh, they're just going to put emphasis on me because I'm a girl. I'm like, nope, they're just putting emphasis on you because you're referee, but you know, People do look at you and they're like, but I like being underestimated sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, so it makes me work harder. So I'm like, "Okay, I show you that I know what I'm doing and do a good job.
1: be
0: hitting different thanks again for listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast special thanks to my guest leslie tamayo for taking the time to sit down and chat with me cover art created and designed by kristen gill please feel free to rate comment and subscribe to this podcast you can also check me out on facebook twitter instagram and snapchat to hear more of my content and as always be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the let's talk wrestling podcast take care and we will see you next time